Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, back by popular demand is the nutrition professor, Timory Hagenberger, and she is going to teach us today how we can ditch store-bought dressings for good with yummy and easy recipes. And also here to answer a few questions, please welcome her back to the show. What have you been doing the last three months since I've seen you? Oh my goodness, I have been busy, very, very busy. I have been doing prep togethers and meal planning parties and cooking demos and presentations and all kinds of things in the foodie bar way of life and also in my community here in Florida. I've definitely been busy. I've also been working as a senior public health nutritionist for the state of Florida with the WIC program. So I get to see moms and babies every day and really I cherish and savor that time with them because they are the gatekeepers. They are the gatekeepers of the future as far as their family's health. And so every interaction that I have, I put my heart into it and it's making a difference. I'm opening their mind to all kinds of ideas including ways to get more nutrients, but also to save money. And salad dressings are certainly a place where we can do both. It's, you know, people say, oh, salads, they're so boring. Or my college students would picture a salad in their mind was ranch with a little bit of lettuce instead of all the wonderful vegetables that they could have with a drizzle of some kind of dressing. Nobody ever thinks about dressings that actually would make you healthier, would promote health, but we can do that. And that's what I wanted to do today. Great, I can't wait. You know, speaking of Florida, um, I don't know if everyone knows you moved from California and Dixie was wondering why you moved because she so misses the presentation you used to give at the Sacramento area. Yes, Dixie. Hi, how are you? I do miss everyone. This was a family decision. We had kids still in school and there were some opportunities here for them that made us move. Um, and we also wanted to show the kids that you can do hard things. And we were very comfortable where we were. We spent, I spent my whole life in California, except for small stints in college, living a few other places, but it was time for us to shake things up. And my husband wanted some place where it was warm. It's definitely warm here. Last night, there were thunder showers and it was 85 degrees. So we just remind ourselves we're in a tropical place. And thanks to Zoom and this technology, we get to be right in each other's kitchens and together no matter how far apart geographically we are. But I do miss my Sacramento veggies. Um, I absolutely, my heart is in many places and it's still beating for everybody in Sacramento in that greater area. Sending yeah. my Thank you. I left and Chef AJ moved up. Yeah, I right? know, we, we switched. <laughs> Definitely. Now, with dressings, I did a dressing with Chef AJ many moons ago. This is my sixth time with Chef AJ, and I am honored. And that first, one of the first times I did a dip, a dressing, and a dessert. And I did a mango dressing, and it was 
fantastic. It is still a go-to dressing for me, but I like to change things up a little bit. And I have a few ulterior motives with this one. Um, they're for the positive. But the first one, I actually, I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo for my undergrad education. And there was a little pizza place that was called Upper Crust. And they had the best raspberry salad. And you know, at the time, I was not plant-based. So I always have loved vegetables and fruits. But um, now I thought, how am I going to make, I would love to recreate a dressing that would be very similar to what they had. And I looked up online to see if they were still open. They got a little bigger. And then in 2022, or no, actually 2020, after 31 years, they retired. So you can no longer go to Upper Crust in San Luis Obispo, but now you'll be able to enjoy the raspberry dressing. And I call it Ruby dressing. And it is my take on this sweet dressing that they served with local greens and um, some apple. So I have some, some green apple and I'm gonna give you some other ideas about what to do with it. But this um, starts with berries and you can do any combination of berries that you would like including frozen. So I very rarely buy fresh berries, especially the raspberries, because they tend to mold. I don't know about you, but between the supermarket aisle and my house, and I do not live far from the supermarket, they seem to have molded because I try to check them when I'm there, but inadvertent, I mean, just it happens. So you open the container and it's moldy. So if you can get frozen berries, that is perfect for this recipe. I have some fresh because I wanted to do some garnishing as well. And I just rinsed them right before we came on. You don't want to rinse berries ahead of time because the extra moisture will make them go bad um, quicker. So I knew I was going to do this. So that's what we're going to do right now. And then strawberries and berries are high on the list of pesticide residue. So if you can get them organic, that would be great. Um, a little pet peeve that I have when people use strawberries is that they just chop the top right off and they lose a lot of the berry. And I was raised with very active grandparents in my life. And I'm gonna talk about them a little bit more as we go along today but they taught me not to waste. And so everybody in the Foodie Bar way of life knows that I do not like to waste. I am the super scraper. That's my little uh, superhero name because I don't wanna leave anything in the blender jar or in a jar. I use my scrapers, but I also am very aware about throwing any good food away. Even into the compost bin, I still would rather eat it if I can. So to take the tops, and there's nothing wrong with leaving the tops on your strawberries, but if you want to take them off, I just hold them and then very easily pull that little top off. And if you want to take the little tiny green piece, this is what you should have for waste, right? And like I said, you can eat those tops as well, but not with a big knife that you just cut right off. Oh just drives me crazy. So this recipe 
is going to be one of two recipes that you will have instant access to if you use the link that I provided that's under the show notes. So that's on YouTube, the show notes that Chef AJ puts in, and it is tinyurl.com slash dressings for Chef AJ, but you can see it right there. And then you'll put your email and, and uh, name in there, and then bam, the first email that you get will have the PDF right there for you, okay, to download. So this, so you don't have to worry about taking notes. So this recipe calls for half a cup of each type of berry. So, and it doesn't have to be exactly, that's the, well, that's the beauty of cooking the way I like to teach my members, my students is let's have fun with this. Let's not make this stressful. So this is more than half a cup, but we're just gonna round up. Okay, so we're putting berries in there and you can easily double this recipe. So strawberries are in and I roughly measure these raspberries. So they're a heaping half cup as well. You can use blackberries, you can use boysenberries, you can use mulberries, you can, whatever you have. Speaking of mulberries, we have some mulberries in the backyard that we're growing. And we were harvesting them, little ones at a time I'd run out. I had a little timer on my phone to say, check the mulberries in the face. And I'd run out there and I'd take a few of the little mulberries. We don't have any more right now, but they're in their little process. So we have the berries that are in, and this is a very simple dressing, which is the theme of today. Simple, because you can always make complicated. I don't need to help you with that. I like to help you make things simple. So white wine vinegar, this is an organic white wine vinegar, and I'm using three tablespoons. Now, as I want you to always think about with my recipes or with others, this is just the beginning. So if you say, well, I don't, I don't like vinegar, okay? Start with, if you, don't, if you don't want any vinegar, you can use citrus, but you can also, Use half the amount and half citrus and just play, 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 play. That's the theme. So three tablespoons of white wine vinegar. I happen to love vinegar. So we're going to put those in. And you can hear a little noise back there. That's the Instant Pot. And you're thinking, what are you doing with the Instant Pot? This is a dressing class. It is a dressing glass, but I always like to give you a little extra, as many little extras as I can. And in there, we have a really cool extra. And I was trying to decide whether I would have it done ahead or while we're going. It is while we're going, but I'll explain in a minute what that is. Now, one thing I do want to bring your attention to, and this came up in our group. We do Q&As every month in the Foodie Bar Way of Life. And Something came up about vinegar during, it was either a Q&A or a meal planning party. And we were talking about balsamic and I love balsamic vinegar. Absolutely love it. But I brought the attention to the fact that a lot of vinegars have zero calories and a lot of balsamics have 30 for each tablespoon. Now, I am not a calorie counter and someone had asked, do you count calories? Absolutely not. But I am aware of what foods have some calories to them and 
Chef AJ is fantastic with her caloric density, bringing that to light with Barbara Roll's work with volumetrics. So I definitely am aware. So white wine vinegar happens to be zero calories per tablespoon, as you would find red wine vinegar, rice vinegar, especially if the rice vinegar is natural. If it is seasoned, then that means salt or sugar was added. So we're not going to use rice vinegar today, but if you do, make sure you get the natural. That just means it's just vinegar, no salt or sugar. So just so that you're aware, if you, let's say, instead of doing the white um, wine vinegar, you use white balsamic, and that white balsamic had 30 calories a tablespoon, you've just added 90 calories. It's not a problem. It's just an awareness, okay? So I just want to bring that to your attention. I'm always trying to give, you know, little hints and tips and tricks and information. Now, the next thing on our recipe is mustard. And we have options. So this is a brand new um, Dijon mustard jar. And I like a little spice with the mustard. Mustard is always going to be fantastic with greens because mustard provides some of the enzyme needed to create the cancer fighting and health promoting compounds that we find in greens, especially if they're cooked. Um, so mustard's great. It's also an emulsifier to keep dressing in solution. And I have mustard seeds that I ground that I keep all the time and I put on everything I can, but I also have this Dijon mustard. So I'm gonna put in uh, a teaspoon. Normally I'm heavy handed with the mustard um, because I love it so much. And this is gonna be my dressing, but I don't want it to be screaming mustard. This is, this is a berry dressing. So some of my other dressings are gonna be more um, savory but this one is a little more on the sweet side. And that was the intention of it. I'm emulating that recipe that I have in San Luis. Okay, so mustard is done. And then we have chia seeds. So chia is a, an omega-3 rich little seed comes in black and white. And actually I have white chia seeds too, but it's okay. I'm just gonna use the black. Um, I'm really close to the white. Let me see if I can grab them. Well, that was quick. Okay, so I'm gonna use the white ones, um, but it doesn't really matter. You can use either. There's not a nutritional difference between them. It's just an aesthetic. So chia seeds are a source of omega-3 fatty acids, which are excellent for our body. Now they happen to need to be ground as well, just like flax seeds, for you to get all of the nutrients that they have to offer. So I am going to add them to the blender. Obviously they will grind two teaspoons, and you can add as much as you'd like. Know that 
if you want to thicken a dressing that's gotten too thin. Now, if it's gotten way too thin, it may be hard to come back with um, chia seeds, but chia seeds will thicken without adding flavor, which is what we want in this scenario. And then I have um, some dates that I soaked. So I actually have two, you can do two different things. So I have two Deglet Nor dates. I know that these are gonna be sweet, so I am gonna put in two. If you wanted, if you're using Medjool, that would be one Medjool date, but larger dates. If you're using the Deglet Nor, you could use two or four if you wanna add a little bit more. Same thing, one Medjool or two. I always check every single date because I buy them without the pits, but there's always a stray pit. And sometimes there's a little black mold in some of them. And rarely do I find them now, but every once in a while, that's why you always have to check every one. So I typically, when I get home with them, I go through all of them and I transfer them to a container that I can put them in my bottom of my produce drawer in the refrigerator. And then they'll keep almost indefinitely, or you can freeze them. But I do that, I take, make sure I check the pits before. That way I don't have to worry about it when I'm in the middle of a recipe. Because if you leave a pit in there, it could, it definitely will ruin your dressing and it might ruin your blender, especially if you don't have a high power blender. Okay, so I have these cutie little medjool, not medjool, um, Deglet Nor dates. And then I have the soaking water. So it's about, well, it's exactly a quarter of a cup because I measured it ahead of time. You can use that, or you could take a little mandarin orange or a cutie, use a little of the zest and then put, peel it, and then put the whole cutie in there. And that could be the liquid that you use. So there, like I said, there's a lot of different variations. Since I have this, I'm just going to do this right here but I wanted to make sure you knew about that little cutie um, as an option. And then black pepper or white pepper. Now white pepper is very strong and I would consider it hot. Um, there definitely is no way back from adding too much white pepper. It's excellent in certain things, um, certain recipes, but you just have to proceed with caution. You would never, and this doesn't even have very big holes, but you would never just pour, just use this over a recipe. I would go, I always go into the cap first. <laughs> I know this seems a little um, involved, but a little too cautious, but I have added too much before and it ruined the recipe. So I just want, I truly want a pinch and that's what I'm gonna add. There's a little more in there, but just so that you think about that when you're using white pepper, because it's, it's interesting. I take it for granted sometimes about when I'm making recipes and what I do or what I don't do, but someone could easily, if they added too much of that white pepper and then tasted it, they would say, oh, forget this. I'm not doing this anymore. So I don't want you to hit those roadblocks. And that's, uh, that's why I love to be able to meet with my people at least 
we have some kind of connection every week. Okay, so this is it. So we have berries, we have vinegar, we have Dijon mustard, we have chia seeds, and we have dates and the water and a little bit of pepper. So this doesn't look like dressing, but it's gonna be. So I'm gonna put this in here. And I am going to grab a jar. I could also grab a squirt bottle. So if I'm going to be serving the dressing, I like to have it in a squirt bottle, but long-term I like to um, keep things in glass, okay? So here we go. All right. Look how beautiful it is. It is ruby. Oh, it smells good too. I think I'll put it in the jar. That way we can see how beautiful the color is. So this could certainly be a recipe that you double or triple um, if you wanted. But it's so good fresh that, and it's so easy, as you saw, that you don't need to make a huge amount of it. I am gonna use my super scraping skills and make sure I've got all of the goodness off of this tamper. And then put this in the sink. I love recreating recipes that I have out. I don't go out, you know, I, as I say that I'm thinking to myself, well, how often do I go out? I don't go out because, I know about you, Chef, actually, I think I can just assume because I know you that when we go out most of the time, unless it's for something really unique, disappointed because, and my kids get tired of hearing me say it, I know mom, you can make it cheaper, you can make it taste better, and you can make it healthier. We know. Yeah. I, I agree with you. However, what's interesting to Marie, since moving to the Sacramento area, there are a few restaurants that will make it complete. I mean, it's still more expensive, but like, I don't know if you ever were at Faux Fresh with Chef John. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And he what he makes, I can't make better because I don't know how to make fun. I don't know how to do what he does. Yes. No, he is extremely talented. I do have to say that some areas have a lot more options as far as eating out than others. And, um, but I also have to say that one of our members, Trina, which she has, oh, she's a love. She said, I love fun. 
and we need to make pho. And so what did I do? I made a pho foodie bar. And so I did a cooking demo and taught everybody how to make their own pho. So I go beyond um, the norm all the time. Um, and actually this is kind of interesting, but last summer we had several members buy the Ninja Creamy. You know, it was all the rage last year. And I thought, ah, a single use appliance. I don't know if I want another one of those, you know, cause sometimes you buy things and granted, you know, if it's something that you'll use all the time, but nowadays with all the different contraptions that do multiple things, you have to kind of think hard about a single use. But I was getting, there were quite a few members that bought one. So I said, I got to take one for the team. I got to buy it. I got to check it out and see if it's worth it. Well, it ended up being the beginning of, I did a cooking demo in our group of nice cream foodie bar. And I just finished my, first, my second cookbook, nice creams, 31 flavors that love you back. So that is now on the nutritionprofessor.com. Um, you can click on my book, The Foodie Bar Way, because at foodiebars.com, under books, you'll now see The Foodie Bar Way, and you'll see the nice cream book. So it's in ebook right now. I'm looking into direct print and all those kinds of things, but I wanted people to know that there are 31 flavors, and they are not all banana. I wanted to make sure that I did something really top-notch, and... That's what I do. Uh, Kimberly, uh, Trish wants to know if the recipes in the new ice cream book, can they be used in the machine called the Ninja Creamy? Yes, that is actually what I designed it for. So when I got that, that Ninja Creamy, I knew some of my members would have it and some would not. So as normal for me, I try to think of all the options. So I give you instructions if you have a blender only, if you have a blender and a food processor, or if you have the cream, the Ninja cream. So they were written in that spirit, but I have alternative um, procedures for people wherever they are. Nice. Thank you for the question. And the link to that book is in the show notes as well. Yes. So it's foodiebars.com. And it's F-O-O-D-I-E for my foodie bar way. But the nutritionprofessor.com is where you find everything. That's where you find links to. That's my, you know, hub. So I'm just rinsing the blender because we're going to use it again for um, what I have in the Instant Pot. And that's is a surprise right now. Okay, so this is the beautiful berry dressing. Look how gorgeous, and look at the, look how beautiful. Now I know that the upper crust dressing had oil in it, because they all do. Unless you specifically, I'm still getting the, I did a, dressing demo, different dressings at Earth Day in Orlando last weekend. And I'm still getting the, really? You make dressings without oil? Really? Yeah, I do. And you would never know, this is creamy and silky and fantastic. So I'm gonna stick this in the fridge um, because I am the food safety woman. 
So I'm going to stick this in the fridge, move this over, and then I am going to talk to you about some other things that we're going to do before we do the second um, dressing. So let me do this. Right. Want to answer another question while you're over there? Yes. Thank you. This is from, uh, sent in by Jean. And she says, this is for the nutrition professor, Timory Hagenberger. What is the value of any, if any, of supplemental collagen, either animal-based or vegan GMO to reduce further spinal compression fractures in an 80-year-old woman with eight-inch height loss from kyphosis and scoliosis? I know Jean. Um, so the collagen, this is definitely, I'm not an orthopedic surgeon. I am not. So please, this is, I'm just going to give you my opinion about collagen. Um, and I have not closely looked at the research with regard to outcomes. I haven't heard anything phenomenal, but I also Collagen is a protein that we make in our bodies. And it's, as a general rule, it's really important to keep in mind that we consume protein for its amino acid content because we make our own body proteins. So we don't take garbanzo bean protein and then turn it into biceps. We have to take the protein that we find in garbanzo beans and break it up. I have an induction, just as a little side note, I got an induction um, cooktop because I had my beautiful induction cooktop in California. And right now this is just kind of interim. So I got the lowest price for that I could find for an induction cooktop and a convection oven. And so it, it's just great. It's so fast. So I just turned it on when I went to the um, refrigerator and now it's already, I can hear it's almost boiling already. I'm going to do some steaming in here. So that's what brought my attention away from your question, but I want to make sure Yeah, we're in steam mode already. So I'm actually going to turn it off because I'm not ready because I want to answer your question. So we take in the protein, whatever form, for its amino acid content. And then we have enzymes in our body. We have many enzymes in the small intestine that break the bonds between the amino acids so that we can absorb those individual amino acids. And we can then create our own body proteins, including our own collagen, which is in bone, and it is in connective tissue, ligaments, tendons, fingernails, skin, blood vessels, all over. And we actually need vitamin C in order to create collagen. So I don't really follow the idea that if we eat collagen, our collagen will be stronger. We need to eat a variety of amino acids. 
And those come from plants, right? We can get all the amino acids we need from plants. In fact, animals get their amino acids from plants. They do not create them from nitrogen, carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. They eat the grass. They eat the corn. They eat, right, whatever they're being fed. And so we can do the same thing. And then we have this amino acid pool with which to do all kinds of things with. Um, I would also question the source of the collagen. Obviously, if it was not vegan, it could be um, a lot of the bone is where contaminants from the environment are housed. So when we talk about bone broth or all of these things, that releases a lot of those toxins. So we really don't want to go there. So I, again, that she has very specific things that she's working through, but as a general rule, I don't see a place for collagen supplementation um, in my life or my clients. Okay. Now I had some steaming, something steamed. So the reason why I have that, and I'm going to put this back on eight, is because I want to talk to you about the benefit of eating cooked and raw food in salad. So I'm going to take some broccoli and steam it. So some people will say, oh, you know, these broccoli is... Um, not my favorite, or I don't like it raw, or, you know, like they have all these little ideas about it. So one thing you can do that makes broccoli amazing um, is to just chop it nice and small. So you can chop it raw in a salad. Fantastic. And that's a completely different experience. If you've never done that, chop your broccoli very small. Um, you could use food processor for it, almost like you're ricing it, but you don't have to get it that small. Or you can just steam it. So I am just lightly steam it. So I'm going to use those stems, of course. I use everything. But I am going to put these little pieces of broccoli into that steamer. And I'm just going to steam it for a few minutes. And if you have not been adding some cooked veg to your salads, I think you've been missing out because a lot of these nutrients actually are more bioavailable once they're a little cooked. Okay, so we'll do a very quick timer. Do a two minute check it in two minutes. Um, I'm gonna, I will just eat these. These are so good. So, the stems I showed this to you last time when we did the hummus foodie bar with Chef AJ in December. These are this is dining, but these are broccoli chips. Oh, they're so good. If I was not working with you right now, I'd be eating them. Okay, so I'm gonna put those back. So another vegetable, actually, you know what I want to do too, is I want to have an ice bath. I'm going to put some ice in here. Okay. 
There's a question from Patty. Are raw cruciferous vegetables harmful for people with hypothyroidism? Okay. I heard that. Are cruciferous vegetables harmful for people with thyroidism or hypothyroidism? No. Um, we want to make sure you're getting enough iodine. That is typically the problem. Um, if there is ever an issue, these cruciferous vegetables are amazing. And everybody will have a different experience, of course. But if you feel like you tolerate them better cooked, um, then that's fine. But we don't have to be over critical about that. And you can do something like, um, if you don't want to use iodized salt, you can do something like dulse. Um, and that could be a source of iodine, or you can take a supplement of 150 micrograms a day. Okay, now, asparagus. Sorry, I have 13 minutes. You can either, I need garbage. You can either break them off at the bottom, or you can cut them. Let me check my. Okay. See how beautiful the color, okay? So I'm gonna plunge those into ice water. And I'm actually gonna add Brussels. I'm gonna turn it off. I'm not gonna let the oven or the stove dictate my time. So this is something that I wanna make sure that we think about is if you get anxious in the kitchen because too many things are going on at once, slow it down, turn off the stove. If you feel like this is burning and you know, especially if you're not used to cooking with that oil, and so you feel like the onions are burning. Don't try to do too many things at once. Turn that, paint, that burner off, pull the pan over, right? We can always use the lid for some moisture, but in general, don't just take a deep breath, okay? And what you hear now is my kettle. So I like to have a water kettle on the side going so I have hot water when I need it. Okay, so these asparagus, they're not gonna fit whole, but I don't necessarily, I wanna keep at least a few um, longer. So I'll just do them like this. So I'm gonna stick this in here, turn this back on, maybe to eight, and then do another two minutes, pull these things out. Just want them in there for a second. No broccoli. And I could have probably should have just done it in a colander. That way I could have lifted them right out. That would have been good. But these are great. You can see how beautiful. We like that green. And it's going to be more, more bioavailable. Now, 
we have Brussels. Now, Brussels might be one of those vegetables that you're a little scared of, especially if as you were growing up, they were overcooked and mushy and so, or you couldn't even fathom eating them raw. I love them raw, they're little cabbages, but we can also ease in um, and I like them in different ways depending on the situation. So we're gonna, I'm gonna steam them and I'm just quartering them. So little tiny piece off the bottom and then I'm paying attention to how I am cutting them so that they stay together rather than just chop them across. I'm always gonna have a few leaves that have fallen off and that's okay. Compost on the side. So now these babies will be ready to steam next. And then lastly, what we're gonna steam is what's gonna change the watercolor and that's purple cabbage. And I'm just gonna cut through once. Um, and then I'm gonna steam it like this and then we can cut it after if we choose. Okay. Now I have the two minute, let's look. Ooh, those are good. Okay. You definitely don't want to overcook asparagus. It will be stringy, not fun. So, Brussels. And probably go longer than two minutes, but we'll check them at two minutes. So just want to stop the cooking with the asparagus, with the water, but that's it. We don't want them to sit in there. So I'm going to add them to this bowl with the beautiful broccoli. Okay, so now we have two gorgeous lightly steamed greens. And we'll put this in last. Okay, now the Instant Pot. What is she doing with the Instant Pot? Well, what I did was I made some garbanzo beans from dry. And I did that because I wanna show you a really neat dressing component that you can use as a consequence of making beans in the Instant Pot. So, you know, I told you there's gonna be bonus. So this is bonus, because um, this is just, I like to make what I do serve as many um, just jobs as possible. So I all I did here for the garbanzo beans was I, Soaked them overnight because I wanted a quick cooking time and I just want them to be well hydrated. When you buy garbanzo beans at the supermarket, you don't know how long that they have been dried, right? Because they dry on the vine, but you don't know how old they are, which it's not a problem. It just, if you've done beans one time and it, they came out perfect and then you did the same process, the same amount of time and they were hard and you wondered, what did I do wrong? It could just simply be that 
they were older. And so it took more time to get the water in. Now my timer went off for the two minutes for the breast milk. Yeah, I'm gonna let him go for another minute or so. Um, so I put in one pound of garbanzo beans, eight cups of water. So I just let them soak overnight. Then I drained them, rinsed them, and put them back in the Instant Pot with eight cups of fresh water, two bay leaves, and a large purple onion that I just quartered, and a head of garlic that I just smashed. I smashed the um, cloves, and then they popped out of their skins, and I let them sit while I was doing everything else, cutting the onion, doing all that stuff. And then I added it to the Instant Pot. So that's it. And you can, well, you can't see. I mean, it's just our monster. Okay, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna rescue these first. I wanna stick these in cold water. And then I want to get the cabbage in as my last. Now, I love raw red cabbage. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Everybody who knows me knows how much I use it. But it's also fun to use steamed. Okay? Now, I am getting a little low on my water in here. So now that I have this hot water right there, it makes it very easy. So I'm going to stick this back on. Put my cabbage in. I'm going to eight. Okay, I'm going to set my timer at two minutes and then take a look. All right, pull out my beautiful Brussels. Okay. Look at the color. Mm. Okay, we have a green party. Do you remember, Chef AJ, when I did the purple veggie party with you? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. My ah, favorite color. So fun. We, we have had lots of fun, and we have more fun in the future, too. Okay, so this is what I'm going to do with this, um, with these beans. And this is going to be something different than you would expect, more than likely. I am going to. Take, I'm trying to figure out what bowl I'm making. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. So what I'm going to do is use a slotted spoon and I'm going to take out the onion. And when I said quartered, I mean quarter, like I just literally cut it in four pieces and put it in there. So if you're thinking, I hate cutting onions, this is great because you don't really have to cut them. So I'm putting my onion in a separate bowl here and I'm gonna be taking out, I'm trying to 
not get the garbanzo beans in here. And then what I want to do, take those bay leaves. I have two bay leaves, so you always want to count the bay leaves going in and count the bay leaves coming out when you're doing soup um, or any beans. All right, my two minute timer on my cabbage got me, so I can go and look at that. Cabbage is so sweet when you cook it. Right. I think I'm gonna go two more minutes. Now, I'm, I also wanna grab all of the garlic cloves. So I left them whole, I just smashed them because I wanted to break the cell walls, but I'm just trying to keep them separate from the garbanzo beans themselves. Because I am gonna do something with this beautiful garlic and onion. So I'm just gonna try to grab these cloves and I'm gonna use garlic in several different ways here in this second recipe. Okay, so it's okay if you don't get every garlic clove, but just to try to grab, grab them if you can. Okay, now, very important. I wanna grab this first because I'm gonna use the strainer. Purple, purple, so pretty, okay. This purple cabbage. Oh, gorgeous, I'll put it right next to the Brussels. Okay. Yay. Makes me so happy. Oh, I would always, when I talked about vegetables in my college classes or in with my WIC clients now, so many would go, ugh. And I think, oh my goodness, you must have been tortured with vegetables because whenever I say the word vegetables, and when I see these beautiful, I get excited. I don't get scared. I get excited. So here we go. This is what we're going to do. We are going to drain these garbanzo beans, but we are going to reserve the liquid. Now, some of you know exactly what this liquid is called. Anybody? Aquafaba. Aquafaba. Okay, so we talk about aquafaba as part of, oh, I'm gonna be risky and do this here instead of over the sink. Um, we talk about aquafaba being a beneficial component that we can use in different, I think that's how I'm going to do it, different recipes from the can of garbanzo beans. But you can also do it, you can make your own aquafaba. And that's basically what we did. So I see a big garlic cloves. Hold on. I see two of them. I'm going to grab those cloves. Not a big deal, but you'll see what I'm going to do. So now I'm going to 
spraying these gorgeous things. Oh, they make me so happy. I, 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 I lost it, Chef I just love this food. This makes me so happy to see all of this in front of me and to know that, yeah, I mean, this is so easy. This is not difficult. And the garbanzo beans, all you need to do, and you can even do them without um, soaking them overnight, but this idea that we can do some of this prep and then we have goodness for a long time. I put some of these garbanzo beans in the fridge, in the fridge, of course, for the week, but also in the freezer in jars and they will serve me for weeks to come. Okay, so these beautiful beans, I normally will put them in a, a baking dish to let them cool, which I think I'm gonna do that because now I wanna use this, but let me see. I like, um, we want to increase the surface area, right? So we want, we want them to, this will let them, uh, allow them to cool much quicker than if we had them all stacked up. So, and then I typically will even do a little trim it underneath. Okay, so those babies will cool. Now, what we're gonna do with this aquafaba is make a wonderful base for a dressing. Now you have, you know how sometimes when there, well, a lot of dressings and my Nona's Italian dressing, which is what I'm going to share now, um, always used oil. And so, we can definitely get around using oil in a variety of ways. And often there will be broth that is called for in its place. However, sometimes you want a little more viscosity and you just want thickness. And so you can use the chia seeds and you know other things, but this is really fun. So I invented this because of just I have these things and I don't like to throw things away. So I'm going to take out the bay leaves. Those are garbage and, or actually compost. And now I have these beautiful onion and garlic, and I'm going to put those in the blender. And I am going to pour the aquafaba. Now, this aquafaba is hot. As it cools, it also will thicken on its own. And that's that um, because of the protein from the garbanzo beans, the properties, that's how they figured out you can whip aquafaba, not with onions and garlic, okay? But you can whip aquafaba into a meringue like you would egg white. So we're not doing it with this. What we're doing is we're making a really yummy alternative for a broth in a dressing that is nice and thick. You can also use it for a soup, of course. So this is hot, which hot blender is not good. Um, you have to just be careful. So I want to blend it completely. 
And that's it. Now it's going to look all foamy and weird, but don't worry. I will take this. And now, <laughs> Aquafab is amazing. It is just amazing. So now I am just going to pour it and the foam will subside as time goes on here. But I'm gonna pour it into these to, oh, it smells so good because it smells like garlic and onion. And what I need for this dressing is a quarter of a cup. So I only need a quarter of a cup back in here. So I'm gonna go ahead and just take the rest of this and then pour it back in. Okay, so if you wait, normally we're not making hot dressing, right? Actually, I don't want to use the blender. That's right. This is going to be a shaken dressing. So I'm good. I'm just going to rinse out um, the blender real quick here. Okay. There's a question from a viewer. What do you think about nuts and nut butters? And do you personally eat them? Nuts and nut butters. Um, I do use them on occasion for certain things very intentionally. I like to use the most nutrient dense of them. Um, and so seeds are going to be more nutrient dense than nuts as a general rule. I do like to include walnuts typically every day a little bit. When I say a little bit, it's probably maybe one and a half to two halves because they're broken up, right? I mean, it's just a small amount with blueberries and like if I do an oat or something like that. Um, but I don't. I don't, they're not a trigger for me to just keep eating more and more and more and more and more. So I can use a little bit and just leave it at that. Um, but they're certainly not necessary. The research is pretty good that they are consistent. If you use a small amount, they can be definitely consistent with health. Seeds are going to give you even more bang for your buck. So I like to include the pumpkin seeds, the pepitas in usually at least I'll do it once a day in my salad when I have lots of greens. It'll help absor me absorb the nutrients from the greens. But again, I'm doing like a tablespoon maybe on top and um, incorporating that. Nut butters, the research is not as, it's good, but it is also consistent with weight gain versus whole nuts. We just can't chew the nuts to the extent that we could chew uh, or that that the machines turn the nuts into nut butter. It's so, the particles are so small that you end up absorbing all of the fat where when you chew nuts, 
you end up eliminating some of the fat just because you can't chew it so, you know, so finely. So we do see people who add nut butters can tend to gain weight over time, where people who add a little bit of nuts here and there, as a general rule, everybody's different, but don't seem to have that weight gain. So when I use them, I use them intentionally and I will always include other foods with them. So in my cookbook, The Foodie Bar Way, I have a bee nutty spread that is for the morning. It's, you, it incorporates peanut butter, but it is not straight peanut butter um, because I just feel like we can get more reducing the caloric content, the volume. We want more volume with fewer calories, like calorie density that we talked about. Nut butters have a caloric density of like 2,600 per pound. So not as much as oil, which has 4,000, but beans are going to have more of like the 600. And so 2,600 versus 600, you can see how a couple tablespoons in, you're now into 200, 300 calories. Um, so I'm just intentional there. I, I still use them, but not... Um, I'm not standing in the kitchen eating it out of, off of a spoon. All right. So what I was saying was before was this idea of making a dressing. So normally I would let this cool and I, I would actually probably let it cool in a Pyrex, you know, in a, um, a large shallow container because this is going to take longer to cool, but I'll let it cool. And then I would make the dressing because I would keep it in the fridge. You can keep that in the fridge for a few days or you can freeze it. You can freeze it in ice cube trays. You can freeze it in little containers, the soup blocks, right? Those um, soup blocks, the silicone um, molds, super cubes. So any of those will work, but this is a little odd because I'm using it warm. It will thicken as time goes on. So you just, you would, do this as a two-step process. But for Chef H, I want to just whip and get this recipe done. Now, the recipe that we're going to do is a tribute to my Nona. So some of you know I had, um, and she lived in Lincoln, um, California, before she passed away with my um, grandfather. So my Italian Nona, I grew up going to their house on Sunday. We used to live very close to them. And every Sunday we would eat together as a family. And Nona would always make salad and she would always make the same dressing. And her dressing would be red wine vinegar, usually like a quarter of a cup about, she just had a little, um, like a little crucible. It was, I'm gonna use a, um, a can jar, but she had a jar and she would put in a, basically a quarter vinegar, three quarters oil. She would press garlic into it, add Italian seasoning, salt and pepper, shake it up. And that was it. And we had um, always red leaf lettuce and red leaf lettuce is going to have more nutrients than green leaf from a color, 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 right? Um, but that's a lot of oil. And that's the classic, you know, one, one to three or one to four ratio of vinegar to um, oil. So we had to, I had to turn that on its head. 
but still honor her taste, you know, the, what she was going for, the spirit of it and the flavor. So simple recipe. You can use a, a raw garlic clove. Definitely. It will intensify with time, the strength of that garlic. So just know going in, we would leave there with dragon breath at Nona's. I mean, sometimes, sometimes her garlic, the food and the garlic and her food would just burn our mouth. It was so strong, but um, lots of cancer fighting there. Um, but I am actually going to show you how I use roasted garlic. So I roast garlic and we did a prep together in the foodie bar way of life where we did roasted garlic. So we did a whole bunch. I did 20 heads and then I wrapped each one after I pulled off the um, skins in parchment and then froze it. So now I have these wonderful packets of roast garlic goodness. Now this is a recipe you can do without a blender. This is considered a shake, shake and dressing. So in the foodie bar way of life cookbook, I have a shake and dressing foodie bar and a um, creamy blended dressing foodie bar, meaning ideas for you to make shake and dressings that you just need a jar and others that you could use a blender for. So we are hearing music. Um, so Chef AJ told me that we don't have anybody after me. So I'm just going to take my time and show you what I want to show you. So what I have done is mashed this garlic. Now, again, you don't have to use roasted. You can just use a clove of fresh garlic. Nona used to use a clove of, um, or two, of fresh garlic. Okay. So got that in there and, and then we have vegetable broth. Actually, we can do the um, vinegar first. So I'm putting in three tablespoons of Yay, this is a one and a half tablespoon little measure. I love it. Okay, one, two. Now, if I was using raw garlic, I would let it sit after I pressed it for like 20 minutes before I added the vinegar because um, we want the enzyme enzymatic reaction to take place. We don't want to stop it with the um, acid from the vinegar. But I already roasted that garlic and I already tossed it with some fresh before I froze it, just a little bit of fresh garlic. And that's um, that's one of my little tips. Okay, but we go through all this stuff in our prep together. And we have so much fun in our cooking demos in our community. Okay, now I need a tablespoon of Italian seasoning, and this is my homemade Italian seasoning from the Foodie Bar Way. So one tablespoon is the same as three teaspoons, and you may say that's a lot, but it's very good for your body. You can use less if you choose. 
Okay, so I'm making that happen. Now, mustard. So I'm gonna use the um, mustard seeds. Timory, when you get a chance, there, I've been, yep. I, there was a couple of questions on if you can Go freeze beans in a Ziploc bag and if you add any liquid to the jars when you freeze the garbanzos. Yes, good question. Thank you. So I, in the past, I haven't, but the last go-round that I um, did my garbanzo beans, as they were cooling, they were, and if you've done this before, they get kind of dry. So I left some of the aquafaba just in the bottom of the casserole dish. And then I decided, because I didn't make this, but I decided to fill the jars with the aquafaba and the beans. And you just fill it to the beginning of the um, threads. That way, when you freeze it, there's space. So yes, that would be best practice, um, I think to be able to freeze them with the liquid, you're gonna have much less chance of freezer burn. Did I answer all of that? Is there another piece? Yep, and if you can freeze it in Ziploc bags. Yes, you can in Ziploc too. Okay, so I'm gonna put a little bit of pepper. Now, I like when I, my little brain goes, oh, okay, pepper, and so I want turmeric in here. Yeah, you could do that too. Nona did not. So I'm not gonna do this for this specific recipe, but yes, you can. This is the beauty of doing your own thing. Okay, so the only thing left, I have two little additions that we can play with, but is the aquafaba. So I want a quarter of a cup and so I'm going to use, so this would be the same as four tablespoons of broth, but we're going to use aquafama. See, it goes down the powder, or not the powder, the uh, foam, very foamy. Okay. Now, this is how her dressing, this would be it. This would be her dressing. Okay, this is Nona's dressing. Now, what can you add? A little lemon. I love Meyer lemons. And so I'm going to do a little bit. I've washed this. I'm going to do a little bit of zest. And you can do a little celery seed. That is very nice. So this is supposed to be just a tablespoon of juice. So that is plenty. I love lemon. So again, this is where it's way fun because you get to decide how you want this dressing to be. Okay. So, yay. Yum. Okay, so the dressing is done. So we have two dressings that we made. And now I am going to, and some beautiful garlicky aquafaba that you can use. 
Now I am going to show you a few things to assemble for the salad. For the salad. And then I will just put um, pictures. I'll send them to Chef AJ. Okay, so we are dressings and then Now, I want to show you a vegetable, and I on purpose did not do anything with it earlier because I want to show it to you. And this is fennel. So, fennel, this is so Nona, my Nona. I think of this vegetable. I can't think of it without thinking of her. Finocchio is what we used to call it. And I did show um, that you could use it as a dipper when we did the December um, dips and dippers. But I also want to show you here. Um, I'm going to just rinse it here. And then I'm going to slice, slice it because I am going to use the... Um, Pops. I love to grill the bottom, the bowl. Oh my goodness, it just turns into candy. Um, it, it kind of tastes like, do you remember Good and Plenty, the candy? That's what it reminds yes. me of. Yes, 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 I know. So this is, so it looks like celery. Right. And so the fronds. So this looks like celery. And instead of celery in the salad, I am going to do the finocchio, the fennel. So this is an ode to my Nona. This is such a wonderful vegetable. It has a licorice flavor. And it's full of water and it just sings flavor. Now, Nona's salads were very simple. She had the red leaf lettuce that I mentioned to you. She had some thinly sliced purple onion. She would put in some carrot and radish, some fennel here or celery, and Sometimes cucumber, if she had it. So I have some of that. But something that's important with all salads, in my opinion, is to keep things small. Right? We want we don't we want every bite to be a party. Okay. So this can be so we can start a nice big salad bowl and we can add different vegetables so without going through you know this whole process 
I want to give you a few more tips so that when you make your own salads, you think about them. Oh, and she would use scallions. These are kidney beans. I always think of her when I think of kidney beans as well. This dressing, very nice and garlicky. Um, so when you, I'll go ahead and put this fennel in here. When you use carrots, you know, we were talking about raw versus cooked. Carrots are one of those vegetables that um, you actually absorb more of the vitamin A and the nutrients when they are cooked or when you cut the cell wall. So what I would recommend for carrots then is grating them. That way, or you can steam them, that way you get a lot of those cells, cell walls broken down and you'll absorb more of the nutrients. So I will do that. Radishes, I'll just um, slice. They, there's nothing really special about preparing those. They're great color-wise and there's all kinds of different radishes that you can purchase or grow. Um, so again, small pieces if you want um, to ease in to some of these vegetables. You don't have to worry about having a big chunk. You don't want a big chunk of any of them. So we've got the radishes. I will do some purple onion after we're done. And I will do, I'll take a picture of our salad. Scallions, we wanna make sure that you clean them all the way into each of the um, top pieces. And you always wanna make sure that you use the white and the green parts, okay? So sometimes recipes call for one or the other, but we like to eat all of it. And keeping a little garbage bowl, when I should have, okay. So these, I will just slice. I like to slice them all the way down because I don't want a big piece of onion. And then I'll just cut them, dice them small, and then they'll be perfect for the salad. So those will go in my carrot. And then I have cucumber and two bell peppers. Um, these sweet bell peppers are wonderful. They're excellent to have raw. You get more nutrition than if you try to cook them. So we will, I'll add them raw. And then just to invite you to play around with some of these cooked vegetables, adding them to your salads, you will find them so satisfying and very easy to digest as well. So I will put all of this together. I'll send you some pictures. Um, I have all the lettuces, I have all the kale. Um, I did do, I did wash some kale. Let me grab that real quick before we end today. Well, I have some bok choy. 
So I reuse any bags that I get. And what I'm doing here is this is kale that I've washed and then used a salad spinner and then wrapped in a clean dish towel. So this kale is perfect. Now, kale is one of those, I'm gonna grab some, that people say, oh, I've had a kale salad. It wasn't very good because the pieces were too big. I guarantee if the pieces are big, then you're gonna be chewing on it and you're not gonna have a great experience potentially. However, when you grab them, grab this kale nice and tight, and then you chop it finely or you massage it, okay? You just break those cell walls down. You actually end up with a product that's easier, a leaf that's easier to absorb the nutrients and easier to chew and it tends to be even less bitter. Now, I know I probably shared this with you, but your body knows what it's doing. The more of the bitter greens you eat, the more of an enzyme you create in your mouth that renders those bitter compounds less bitter and more palatable. So if you, you actually can go from someone who doesn't enjoy greens to someone who craves them. So give yourself a chance. But I just want to show you how you can do a combination of these things. You can massage and then chop the kale. You can do raw bok choy, very, very mild. And then you can do some cooked greens. And it can all be amazing and very enjoyable. Oh, I need a little water. I have, I always keep water in one of these. Okay, all right. It's gone. Okay, Chef, do we have more questions? Yes, I do. I was just waiting uh, to ask them. So one of them is about garlic. Oh, where did it go? It was about yeah. hey. Hold on. Uh, but um, oh, shoot. It just, hold on. I'm sorry. It's my, my, no. my chat. It's everybody's chat. It was about how you roast garlic. So let me get that. And somebody must've come in late because they asked if you mustard seeds or mustard. Teresa wanted to know, but you can get the recipe guys just by clicking the link in the show notes. You can't see show notes on Facebook, but if you go to YouTube under the video, you can see them there. Uh, where was that? I buy the mustard seeds and then grind them, but you can also buy mustard powder. Yeah. Oh, it was something about roasting garlic. Hold on. Suzanne, if you're there, where's the question? Uh, so tonight we're actually, if you're watching this live on April 30th, we are doing a prep together chop and chat tonight. Um, it's night for me. It's at 430 Eastern time or 1.30 Pacific time. And it's just where we get together on Zoom and we do our prep, we do our chopping and we chat. 
I love so, it. Chop and chat. It's like Larry David used to call something a stop and chat and you do a chop and chat. I do a chop and chat prep together. So I, that's I, inside our group. However, I'm opening it up to the public. So if you use that link to get the recipe and then you'll be on my little list, I'll send out another email probably an hour or so before it starts. And that'll have the new link. It's also in Facebook. If you go to the nutrition professor um, page, you will see the event, the chop and chat, and it has the link for Zoom. So you're welcome to join us. If you're watching this as a replay and it's not April 30th or it's late on April 30th, then you may miss it. But um, you definitely want to get on my list because I do open sometimes those up to the public. So here I found the garlic question. It's from Stephanie. When roasting garlic, do you keep it whole in flour form and or break the flour down into cloves and on a silpat mat or parchment paper? Okay, so I have done it all the different ways. And the last time we did a prep together focused on garlic, I ended up doing kind of like a duel to see which worked better. And I found, I did it in the air fryer, but I broke it up into the individual um, cloves. I, before I've cut it and then stuck it back together and then wrapped it in parchment and then in foil, that's one way that I've done it. But this time I just separated all the cloves, stuck them in the air fryer, and then that's it. And then popped them out and they were great. So I tossed them with a little bit of raw garlic to bring that enzyme back in since I didn't press them or cut them. But that seems to work the best. The garlic, when you leave it whole, sometimes it's hard to get all the cloves out. And if you wait too long, it gets really syrupy, sticky, and then you just have garlic skin all over. And when you're doing 20 heads at a time, oh, it can be... But I had a wonderful experience just taking them in the individual cloves and, and roasting them that way. Yeah, that's what I've always done. I do on mine, I do about 10 minutes at 370 and it's so easy. Yeah, yeah it is. You just have to be, you can't let it go too long. And if you, you know, it's always better to go low temperature and just watch it because burnt garlic is not fun. Right. So. I um, I've even frozen it after I've roasted it. Yes, that's what I had shown in the parchment. I freeze it in those little packets. So I make little Tootsie Rolls and then I stick them in the freezer and then I have the little Tootsie Roll because we don't want foil to be touching. So, so yeah, that's it. But I don't add any oil. Any other question? I think I got them all. It really helps guys when you put those four question marks before because I can differentiate it from a comment. Last thing I want to just rave about is look at this. This was one bunch of organic parsley, a single bunch that I bought yesterday. That is a good bargain. So I use parsley in my salad, not just as an ingredient. So this is, I'm gonna take some of this parsley. I was tickled because normally, you know, you, you look for the parsley bunch and it's like, what is this? This is not enough. 
but this was so beautiful. Okay, so this is gonna serve me all week here, but I'm gonna put it in my salad, my crazy salad mix. That'll be part of what I'm gonna be doing. Okay, so I'm gonna stick that back in. So yeah, I'm gonna use this as a salad green. Parsley is underrated. I think it's because it was first just a garnish, um, but no, it's wonderful. So I'm gonna chop it up small with the stems and incorporate that into our salad. All right, any other questions? So we have our ruby dressing and I'm gonna pair that with asparagus and um, I'm gonna do mixed greens and maybe a little Napa cabbage. And then I'm going to do the Nona salad with the kale and the fennel, the radish, scallions. I'll do some scallions with the other salad as well. Carrot, parsley, cucumber, all these. It'll just be delicious. And then some kidney beans on top. Last thing I know I was to say is I relate so much to my grandparents and so appreciate how willing they were to cook the way they did, to really use all of the ingredients that they had, but then be open to other ways of cooking. Before they both passed, I spent so much time in the kitchen with them after I became a dietitian, making their recipes as healthy as possible. And they were always open to it. They were always ready to make something better. And, you know, when you know more, you can do better. And there was no disrespect about how they were doing things before. But I feel like now in the foodie bar way of life, I am back there. There are so many members and we are a small, intimate group, but so many of us grew up, we know how to cook. We just don't know how to cook necessarily like this. We don't know how to make Italian dressing without the oil, right? And make it good, make it viscous, not just be like, oh, um, but we are learning together. And that's what's so fun is that we, it's okay to not know how to do something. It's okay to learn. It's okay to have struggles, um, but we're there for each other and we're having a blast. So if you can join us for the prep together, the chop and chat this afternoon, I welcome you. And at any point, um, you can get to me through the nutritionprofessor.com. There's an email link, contact me, the nutritionprofessor at Gmail. I'm happy to help. And I have my booty bar way of life and I have my new nice cream cookbook um but these serve me every week I cook from them um, and so it's just a blast and chef AJ thank you so much I'm already thinking about what I can do next time <laughs> thank you Timory this was great and I'm sorry if I if you talked to me and you didn't hear me because I I was actually got off for just a moment no worries no I didn't your timing okay. was Okay, good. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. And guys, don't forget to get the recipe. She provided a, a link and you just have to click it and she'll email them to you. Absolutely. Take care, Chef AJ, and take Thanks. care, everybody. Thank you Thanks. for your time.
Thank you, Tim Marie, and thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back at 10 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow for McDougal Monday with Dr. John and Mary McDougal, and they're going to be discussing kidney health. Take care, everybody. Have a great day.